I've been living in America for over 50 years. So, and America been sending out the same signal to me since I was born. No justice for anybody that looks like me. I'm here today to make sure that you understand something, America. I'm, I'm ashamed of you, again. You heard what they said, Black Lives Matter. But the thing is important, why am I out here fighting for my human rights? But America, guess what? You didn't surprise me at all. You're the same America that you were uh, in 1865, when you emancipated black people. Freedom, freedom, great, great way to introduce this podcast. Welcome to the Ken's Corner Podcast, episode number 73. But as always, let me start this podcast off right. Testing, testing, one, four, three. Testing, testing, one, to the four, to the three. Despite everything that's going on in the world today, guess what? It's still all love, baby. Welcome to the Ken's Corner Podcast, and I am your host, Ken. And as I said before, welcome to episode number 73 of the Ken's Corner Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening because you really could have been doing something else. Some of y'all probably forgot about me because I took a short vacation, much needed, had to get my mental and emotional state in check so i can deliver great content for you so thank you for being so patient with me the one thing i will do i will apologize for not announcing that i was going on vacation i will admit that's 100 percent unprofessional and if i lose uh part of my trust group that's totally understandable because i did not communicate effectively to you so for that i 100 percent 
humbly apologize. So if you're listening to me and you came back, thank you so much. I won't do that again. Now, I'll probably take another vacation one day, but I won't. Um, I would make sure I communicate it. So therefore, you're just not dangling in the wind because I know that you want it and you need the Ken's Corner Podcast. So happy Friday. Happy Friday. Now, as always, you can interact with me on all of my social media, which is Ken's Corner on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I stream on all platforms. So what I really need you to do is to make sure you subscribe, first and foremost. So therefore, when I do post back in my routine, you'll get that notification. Once you get that notification, I need you to stream it. I need you to stream, stream, stream. Now, the next thing I need to do, I'm going to turn it around just a little bit, flip the order. I need you to share. I need you to talk about it. I need you to at least retweet, like, and say, hey, screenshot it. Hey, this is this podcast. Check it out. If you like it, good. If you don't, hey. And then I want you to rate the podcast. Rate it. I would love five stars because five stars will help me out. But most importantly, I want you to be honest. And so I need you to do that. Then I need you to download, share, all those good things. And last but certainly not least, you can interact with me on my website, which is www.kenscorner.co. And that's www.kenscorner.co. Well, what's going on in the neighborhood that we need to discuss on the corner? Well, if you've been living under a rock... You already know that the grand jury has come back with its findings and what they saying is the truth or what they say is the facts as it relates to the case of Breonna Taylor. And the question that still is baffling to me is what is going on with the judicial system that has us always at the short end. Well, I ain't gonna say always because that's absolute. These high profile cases have us on the short end of the business bang. Um, so the Attorney General, Daniel Cameron, came out and gave his findings. Uh, I think he said his special prosecutor and they said they did interviews said that the reason why it took so long is because they wanted to make sure that all evidence was in and I'm paraphrasing what he's saying because with the law it basically takes emotion out in a, in a total or decisions are not made in emotion let me make sure I quote him right uh, or paraphrase them right. And what is still baffling to me is that out of everything, the one officer that was fired, he is going to be have charges brought up on him. But the charges that are being brought up on him for killing Breonna Taylor is not the fact that he killed Breonna Taylor. It's the fact that he endangered another apartment because he fired blindly willfully uh i can't remember it uh willfully causing harm some 
Basically, he went in and was negligent. The other two officers, based upon Kentucky law, will not be prosecuted through through the attorney general's office. And once again, we are left as a people traumatized. Now, one of the things I wanted to address that he talked about was that he made a statement that they're going to be actors and activists and celebrities and influencers that are going to come to Kentucky to tell or try to influence you how to think and how to act and how to feel. And and he did say, and I will quote on this one, that said that, but they don't live here. They don't know what it's like. You know, they don't, they're not from Kentucky. Well, the clip that I just played you is from someone who lives in Louisville. There are people that I know who are parts of grassroots organizers on the ground, and they're disgusted by what's going on. So, Attorney General, which people of Louisville are you representing? Because there's people in Louisville. If 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 if, if, if it's the influence telling you, to influencers, excuse me, telling the people of Louisville how to feel, then why the protest in masses? This is emotions. Yes, it is. Because an innocent woman was killed. And then in your findings, you say it wasn't a no-knock warrant because the police officers who had no body cams, who were in plain clothes, bust in someone's doors. This person, again, I wasn't there, but based upon all of the things that I've heard, because I followed the, okay, first of all, I'm not a lawyer, so I would like to say that. I have my opinion that's shaped upon the evidence that I found and seen and people that I know that's on the ground that this was the police. There were more witnesses that said that the police did not announce themselves than the witness that you said, your one eyewitness, and I believe you, I think it's singular, that said that the police did announce themselves. Because in my personal opinion, which is not the gospel, if I'm wanting to cover up something, yeah, I did. I'm not going to come and say, well, you know, we did not. We didn't announce ourselves. And the reports of the corruption in Louisville Police Department, period, I'm learning, is legendary. And so now we're in a thing where it's a he say, she say, and the person can't defend themselves because they're dead. So once again, we're left with dismay. We're left traumatized. We're left in a system that's not broken, but it's really set up to do what it's doing. And that is throughout history, leave us hanging, both back in the day, literally, and also figuratively. We really, and I'm quoting a friend of mine, so I'm going to give him credit for it. I'm not going to say his name because I don't like him like that. (laughs) But it's a good friend of mine, and he said, we hoped on hope. We were hoping for hope. 
in the back of our minds, many of us descendants of Africans in America knew that this wasn't going to go the way we wanted to. But we we were hoping for hope. We were hoping that man. Why did the one officer leave the scene? Why weren't all I mean right afterwards the the eye the eyewitnesses that were there on the news so some some um vice news and I really like vice news um currently because I feel like it's you know in my personal opinion which is not the gospel it's not really slanted one way or, or the other I can't see it's a little bit I can well, let me take that back sometimes it can be a little bit slanted no I'm gonna say it's pretty much down to even anyway but they did a thing in, in, in Kentucky um, about this case. And there was one young lady who said she was never interviewed by anybody. And if I memory served me correctly, she stayed right next door. Saw it. I think she videotaped it or recorded it. And so, again, it was a no-knock warrant. I think the evidence showed that. But, well, the reports show that. Now you 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 unequivocally say it was not a no knock warrant. So riddle me this. Now I I know enough about law to know civil and criminal can operate independent of one another. That part I do know. One thing that I have always when I look at law that was always baffling and and part of my career um, I worked in higher education as a conduct officer. So I was the assistant director of student conduct and student engagement. And what we use as per, um, we did responsible, not responsible. We didn't do um, guilty or innocent because we were not a court of law. But we we operated under what's called the preponderance of evidence. And basically what preponderance of evidence mean is really 51%. That's, I mean, when we, when we break it down and you go to trainers, it's 51%. What is more likely to happen than not? Now, I do know in criminal cases that you cannot or you're supposed to get more evidence. So therefore, you don't lean so much on preponderance of evidence. However, however because of my training in higher education and part of my another part of my career I worked in the juvenile justice um, juvenile justice system I know about law especially juvenile law but again that's still you know really closely related to adult law and so a lot of what the attorney general was talking about from my estimation and from what I from my knowledge base was you were, yeah, you were saying facts, 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 but then you also used language that lent to what you perceived as preponderance of evidence. Because when you say you have one eyewitness that said, yes, the police did announce themselves. But if you have 15 other people saying that was right, they're like, no, they didn't do that. Then who do you choose to believe? Then it's you you want you want to say you're innocent until proven guilty but however in that particular case you've already sided with the police because the police said this 
and one person corroborated that story. And I'm throwing a number 15 because I'm not saying that, but I'm just using that as an arbitrary number. But 15 people said, no, they didn't do that. So you've already sided with the police. And even in your, uh, your, your, your press conference, I believe you said, I think it was the FBI, when you said that the evidence that they found conflicted with the it was ballistic evidence, I believe. It conflicted with your evidence, but you don't know how that happened. Hmm. And so you have a community outraged. Two officers have been shot. They're outraged. And it's not going to get any better because people are fed up and tired because we keep hoping for hope and we don't get it. So now it's one of those things of whatever happens next happens because how the warrant was obtained. That's the reason why the family of Breonna Taylor and attorney Crump worked to get that type of uh, policy or procedure change. How the warrant was get, get got, how it's executed, the people that have to look over and signatures. So there is a systemic issue within that police department that even led up to a young queen being killed. And once again, they are descendant of Africans who are here in America and the perpetrator are white people. And it's the same story, same old suit, reheated. So what you're getting now is years and centuries, hundreds of years of built up frustration because trauma is transferable through generations. That's scientifically proven within the, ment within the mental health community. And so now we, people who have different, who don't have the platforms like I have, or who may not have the resources, or some people that have the platform that I have, they, they taking it to the streets. So my thing is, my prayers, again, go out. Her name is Brianna Taylor. She was murdered in cold blood. And the people responsible were not held responsible. The one person that's being held responsible is not being held responsible for her murder. Let's make that clear. This officer, and I will not say his name, is being charged because he recklessly shot and it went into somebody else's apartment. Not the fact that you killed one of our queens. So my condolences to the family. My prayers go out to the city of Louisville. I love Louisville. Spent a lot of time there. Love it. I have people that live there, so please stay safe, everyone. And we just pray that the peace of God protects that city. Next on a sad note, you know, part of my childhood was wrestling. 
Love wrestling. Used to love it. The greatest tag team of all time was the Road Warriors. And one of the members, Road Warrior Animal, whose real name is Joseph Laronitis, passed away, I believe at the age of 60. Um, his son played at Ohio State and went on into the NFL. And so it's just sad. So just condolences out to the Laronitis family, to to the wrestling community. I don't, I'm not really into wrestling anymore like that, but um, you know that was part of my my background. So I, I was an avid wrestler every every weekend and Monday Night uh, Nitro and back when it was WWF Raw. You know all of those things, SmackDown for a while, WrestleManias, Great American Bash, like all of that, all of that. I was into it. So to hear that his passing, I ain't gonna lie, that stunned a little bit. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, just very briefly, and I just want to just say congratulations and thank you uh, for one of our kings, one of our kings out there doing big things, and that is Royce the Five Nine, one, arguably one of the top lyricists in the game of all time. Um, he's really utilizing his platform to speak about this, that unification, and 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 really calling out those culture vultures. Uh, I'm all for the cancel Vlad TV movement. I've really never really been on it. I mean, I remember this back when I used, you know, when you go on your YouTube binges, you just start flipping through. And back before I really knew who he was, he just had interesting guests that I would like to listen to. Uh, but the one thing that I started to notice that just never sat comfortable with me is the subject matter of the guests that he would have on. And, you know, it just, it just, you know, just, you can feel in my personal opinion, which is not the gospel, I just never got a really good vibe. So I had stopped listening to Vlad for a long time, had unsubscribed from his, you know, station and all that. And even when I was flipped through Facebook and it would come up, I make sure I didn't stream it. Uh, but then to find out, you know, what he did as far as misquoting the Minister Farrakhan and then not wanting to apologize and the whole nine. And yeah, you know, Royce called him out. And, you know, him at Royce and Mason, my son, shout out to my son, who's another excellent um, lyricist and activist. He's actually in Kentucky uh, right now with um, with Miss Mal with Queen Mallory out there. You know, they're doing their thing out in Louisville, really trying to bring awareness and using their platforms to help fight the injustices in the world. But him and my son had a nice uh, back and forth debate. And yeah, it was it just built just made for great TV just to see two kings sit down and talk, can sit down and disagree. Communication is the key. And, you know, from that conversation and it sparked Lord Jamal, who was um one of the founding members of Brand Nubian. Uh he was a frequent guest on there. Godfrey, who's one of the most talented comedians out. I mean, he's really sharp. Now, I'm not really into his comedy per se, but as a person and just as an intellectual and the way he presents things, I'm a fan of him in that way. Um, not to say he's not talented in the, in the, in the comedic world, because shout out to him, he's been doing it forever. Um, but just for me, this just not my, in everything, it's just not, I can't tell you a Godfrey joke. Let me just tell you like that. But I listen to him because the dude is just sharp. The king, he's a king. He's sharp. And so just shout out to him. And then Lord Jamar and Godfrey broke from the ranks of last. So just, you know, I don't suggest anyone 
give Vlad any streams, but just follow the story because <clears throat> the story is not about Vlad. It's about Vlad, <clears throat> excuse me, being a culture vulture. And we, and what Royce is saying, we in the community have to protect the culture. So even on your job, protect the culture. Even in your circle of friends, make sure you're protecting the culture. Um, anybody from the outside can't come in. I'm a graduate of a, I'm a graduate of an HBCU, Central State University, the greatest HBCU, if not school in the world. However, within the HBCU community, we crack on Wilberforce, we crack on Kentucky State. Those are two of our biggest rivals. You know, Jackson, Lincoln, you know, all of the shout out Howard, shout out Norfolk, shout out Hampton, shout out FAMU, like shout out Clark. I can just go on and on and on. Bethune, Cookman, Shaw, St. Aug. I can go on and on and on. We can talk about each other. But when somebody from the outside, like Ohio State or Wright State, y'all try to say something about Wilberforce, no, Central State going to jump in that. We're going to jump in that argument. So that's what I like, you know, that the fact that Godfrey, Lord Jamar, um, and then my son even cut ranks with Vlad. So let's everybody cancel Vlad TV. We're going to cancel Vlad TV. Using my platform to say cancel Vlad TV. He does not respect the culture. He is a vulture. He disrespected our elder and didn't want to apologize, but at the same time, you wanted Nick Cannon to apologize. You got all up in arms um, because you claim that you're a Russian Jew, and you got all up in, um, excuse me, a, Rus a Russian Jew. Those are your words, not mine. And, yeah, but when you disrespect our culture, then you feel like you don't have to apologize. Nah, forget that. Forget that. You ain't even, I ain't going to even say fam. Forget that. So we canceling. Standing with them, cancel Vlad TV. Now, the last thing, and let's go ahead and end on a happy note. As we talk about HBCUs, the greatest cover corner in my lifetime, Hall of Fame, none other than Deion Primetime Sanders, accepted his head coaching job at Jackson State University. Shout out to Jackson State in Mississippi. And what this does, it is, and done correctly, and, I, and I'm going to take Coach Prime, that's what he said he wants to be called now, so Coach Prime, I'm going to take him from a man of his word because he, at least from when I follow him, he's a man of integrity. And he said God called him here. And you can just, in my personal opinion, interaction with people and seeing, I just looked in his spirit and I looked in his eyes like, oh yeah, he 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 wants to do this. And the fact that he's doing it at an HBCU is so important because just like he says and many intellectuals say and, and there's anybody who studies history, if you just give descendants of Africans a level playing field in life, statistically, statistically, it's going to show that we're going to pretty much outperform people. But if nothing else, we're going to we're going to perform. And it's sad that it has to come to having to say that and, and preface that. But unfortunately, there's a segment of society that don't feel like we are worth because, again, there's a 
wealth gap. There is a home equity gap. There is, and and then this is this is the thing. We're the most educated race, but we have the least lack of resources, and so we have a lack of resources. Excuse me. And so even from HBCUs, again, I attended Central. I attended Central State University and Wright State University, and there's a long historical battle with that with Rice State and Central State. But just from a resource standpoint, Rice State has surpassed Central State in many areas when it comes to resources, builders, and everything where Central State has fallen behind. Now, a lot of that, and I will have to say, as as, as alum of HBCUs, we, now this is us, I'm speaking to us right now, we have to do a better job of giving back. All right, that's on us. I was so glad that this was maybe ooh, probably close to seven to five, five to seven years ago. Roland Martin, uh, who who did not graduate from an HBCU, really went on a campaign uh, for HBCUs, which he's still on, which he is still about. But one of the critiques he had, and 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 it was fair because he had the numbers to back it up, is our giving. Our giving is not where it needs to be. So first and foremost, giving helps with resources. The next thing is we need the spotlight on our HBCUs, and that's where Deion Sanders come in. He comes in with instant credibility. Now, make no mistake about it. All of these schools, so we're going to talk about, we're just going to talk about Mississippi. You got Ole Miss, you got uh, Mississippi State, and then I'll, I'll compare it to Jackson State and Mississippi Valley State. You... You both, all of you have great professors. All of you have, you know, probably beautiful campuses. You know, you, you, your student body is intelligent. But the one thing that when you watch the SEC with Mississippi, um, with Ole Miss, is the fact that they're on TV. And because they're on TV, they bring in revenue into the university. That sports that sports program brings in money, and money brings in resources. Exposure brings in resources. Oh, they have that there? Oh, so now all of those resources, and then therefore those endowments come, and with those endowments is able to help students out. Well, at HBCUs, we, don't, we have the same... If not more intelligent, I, I hate it. Well, let me not compare intelligence because that's subjective. But they, we have top-notch professors at our institutions. We have top-notch students at our institutions. The one thing we lack is national exposure. So if you give us the exposure where we can, where some a kid can sit and say, "Oh, wait a minute, they got that program there." Oh, okay. And then those kids start coming. When we get the cream of the crop, the playing field is now the game has changed. HBCUs, from a football standpoint, produce legends, Hall of Famers, Jerry Rice, Hall of Famers, Terrell Owens, Hall of Famers, Walter Payton, Hall of Famers, Jackie Slater, Hall of Famers. Shannon Sharp. 
We produce greatness, Doug Williams. We produce greatness, Eric Williams. We produce greatness. All right? And so I can go on and on and on about what we can produce, but now that we have the spotlight on us, greatness, Hugh Douglas. <laughs> you know, we, we have greatness in our HBCUs, but we just needed that resource. We needed that we needed that uh, spotlight so that we can get better resources, let me just say that. So I'm excited about this hire. I'm excited about this hire. Brandon Hayes, Big Hayes. You know, we produce greatness from our universe. I'm, I'm starting to name Central State people now. If you haven't, if you haven't caught on from that, <laughs> um, and these are people I know. These are people I know. Went to school with them. Greatness in the NFL from Central State University. I'm talking about Eric Williams. I'm talking about Hugh Douglas. I'm talking about Brandon Hayes. Those people I know. AJ. Those are people I know. And so. All we need is the great Deion Sanders to excel. So all of our HBCUs are pulling for him to do well because if he do, does well, hopefully that will inspire some other high-profile high athletes or high-profile coaches to say, hey, let me go ahead and turn these programs around and get them built up. Because, again, once we have those resources – I mean, excuse me, once we have the spotlight, we can go ahead and get those resources in. And then, hey, let us just be us. And it's not HBCUs. It's for any any student can go there. So let me end with that. Any student can go to an HBCU. You just got to conform to our culture. Just like if a black person goes to Brigham Young, they got to conform to that culture. You know, it's just every school has its own culture. So we're going to just make sure that we elevate HBCUs that we love our kings and queens, that we just elevate and love each other as a people, and we can go on to greatness. So shout out to Coach Prime. Oh, let me end with this story, and this is a, a personal thing with me with uh, Dion Primetime Sanders. My youngest son plays football, uh, Pee Wee League, and he's very good. And he wears the headband like uh, Dion Sanders, that, the bandana, he wears the he has number 21 like Deion Sanders. He has the towel out like Deion Sanders, the whole nine. And so I we tweeted that picture and you know tagged Deion Sanders, not expecting anything, but just to make sure we give homage and respect. That man with all his busyness and everything that's going on in his life took time to not only retweet like it and retweet but also comment and just giving him words of encouragement telling him to listen to his parents trust god all of those things nothing about football it was about life and that meant the world to me as a fan meant the world to my son to my family that was last year so this is his second year plan did the same thing mentioned him again thanked him you know thanked him then and thanked him again he liked it so he took time out of his busy schedule to personally acknowledge my son. So I'm a, I was already a fan. This just made it, just went over. So I am thoroughly happy for you, Coach Prime. Uh, my oldest son plays football too. We sent you his tape. So take a look at it.
take a look at it. My other son is pretty good. You don't want to miss out on this D tackle. Just trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta help my family, y'all. You know what I'm saying? So again, so thank you so much. Sorry for the wait. Happy Friday. Let's go into this weekend and look in the mirror and say, what can I do to make this world a better place? Please make sure that wherever you are in your circle of influence, that you make a difference. And the last thing I'll leave you with before I close is just don't, let's do our best, especially as descendants of Africans here in America, not to talk about downgrade someone else who who's genuinely believing they're doing the right thing for our people who genuinely believe that and just because you disagree with their method or methodology doesn't make them make you good and them bad now there are people out there who are purposely being a detriment to our people that's totally different but if it's just a different um, opinion and ideology man don't don't get in somebody else's way because and even in every war, there are many fronts that we got to fight. Everybody can't do everything. We can't depend on the athletes to do everything. They're bringing attention to stuff, but we need our lawyers. We need our doctors. We need those lawmakers. We need those policy people. And then we need everybody to get out and just vote and do something different. Yes, I do believe the system needs to change, but right now the, the system that we have is voting. So we have to get in people, like-minded individuals, who are going to help our people not be a detriment to our people and get rid of the attorney general in Kentucky. So Kentucky, you're on the clock. Get that dude out of there. So with that being said, thank you so much. As always, you can interact with me on all of my social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ken's Corner, and also on my website, www.kenscorner.co. That's www.kenscorner.co. So as always... I end with this. I truly love, trust, and respect you. This is Ken of Ken's Corner. Peace out.